0: information to help you run your business better and improve your marketing campaigns. My name is Hank Hoffmeyer, and thank you for joining me on Hank's Marketing and Business Tips. Welcome to episode 263 of the HMBT Podcast. Once again, I'm joined by John Espirian. He is a LinkedIn guru, which I'm calling him that. I don't know if he calls himself that, but based on the information he gave us last week, and if you haven't listened, make sure to go back and listen to episode 262 because there was some great information around LinkedIn and LinkedIn profiles. But John is helping folks as a technical copywriter and he's also an all around LinkedIn nerd and author of Content DNA, which you probably see on the video here, uh, which you could check out on YouTube. Uh, But he writes web pages, blog posts, case studies, and helps fill out LinkedIn profiles for B2B clients. You can find him at Asperian.co.uk. Today, I'm hoping to dive in and talk a little bit more around posting and writing content for LinkedIn. John, are you ready? Yeah, let's go, brother. All right. Let's let's do like kind of a, not a lightning round, but I want to ask you some questions around uh, things in the past that we were told to do. And what I want you to do is say if they're relevant or not for 2021 and how to make good use of them, or maybe we should just drop them on the cutting room floor. Uh, okay. The first one is going to be, how important is it to include hashtags in your posts? Uh, yes,
1: hashtags will increase the visibility of your content on LinkedIn. There's some There's been some good research by this on this by another linkedin trainer that was released in october 2020 and he found and he scanned lots of data in accordance with a couple of data analytics companies and he found that the optimal number of hashtags to include is between three and nine per post if you include more than nine the algorithm will probably ding you if you include fewer than three it might be the same so between three and nine seems optimal and i recommend mixing very highly followed hashtags in your industry. So for example, for me, it might be hashtag content marketing or hashtag social media. Uh, and combine that with hashtags that are personal brand ones, things that only you use. So you need to do some research before to make sure that something hasn't been used by other, other people and then create a hashtag that is associated with all of your content. It's, it's an extra way of being memorable and you can actually do even better for visibility because you can say not only should you follow me but also follow my hashtag because that's giving two signals to linkedin to say no i really want to see this guy's stuff because i'm following his hashtag as well as him so so develop the hashtag get people to follow it and you'll get more visibility overall and more brand recognition
0: I appreciate the push to do that because I have a couple hats and I also have on a lot of my um, items that I post, I have hashtag Hoffmeyer, which is unique, right? Uh, especially the spelling of my name is a little bit unique. I don't use it as much as I should. I need to use it more because maybe it's going to help me uh, be found all over the place, not even just on LinkedIn. Uh, and that that's great that they're uh, definitely still using those and it's just not a novelty. I think some people think it's just a novelty and you just prove that it's not. Uh, another thing is, and people have told me to do, and LinkedIn's actually telling me to do this more and more now after I post is that I should go back and tag people in my posts. And that's where you see, uh, maybe under, not even just in a copy, like, Hey, John, I thought you might find this article, article interesting. Uh, and then, Hey, everybody else, this is what I thought about it down below. There's just like this, this paragraph of people that are tagged. Is that still important to do? Yeah, tag walls. I hate that. It's actually the subject of
1: my story on LinkedIn today. Is you know, be careful when you're tagging people unless it's super relevant to them. You know, if the post is about a video where that person is mentioned, or an article where they're mentioned, or you've collaborated on a project, or it's a photo where you've actually met someone, something like that. Obviously, that's relevant. If it's just a hey, Bob, Billy, and Barry and Betty, uh, maybe you'll like this post. Boom, and then a million tags, and you can't even find your name in the list because it's so, it's just a wall of blue. <laughs> that is not cool. That, and actually, there's there's evidence from the same research that I referred to earlier, that if you tag a lot of people and more than half of them don't respond, the algorithm will ding you, you know? So, so it will wow. reduce your reach because, because it's a spam signal. So if you tag 10 people and all of them respond, that's obviously very, very strong, yep. right? That's a strong positive signal, but m- you won't get 10 responses because some people will be annoyed by it. Some people won't even see it. Um, so so use it sparingly and use it where it's really super relevant, much better to tag one or two relevant people than 50 who who, who you're just trying to suck in for engagement right. purposes. That's not cool.
0: I have some folks in my network that, on both sides of the fence some people do it to do it and the quality of the post might not be there to make me want to engage but then there's others that use it sparingly where it's sparking a healthy debate with a majority of the people that are tagged i think the guidance here would be to use it carefully and you know you got to weigh out your options here hey who is going to engage with this and should I tag them in this post? If you just say, Hey, I know these people always like my stuff. Don't include them because they're just going to like it and not probably comment on that. And there's probably a lot of, you know, algorithmic, uh, uh things going on in the background, checking for that. And yeah. God, it's just so great having you on the show because, uh, you know, it's just it's these little statements you're saying that matter. Um, yeah. So you had something else to add?
1: Yeah. So, so the, the low key alternative approach that some people take is they'll say, oh, if I tag a lot of people, it'll look it'll look spammy. It'll look crappy. So what I'll do instead is I'll just copy the link and I'll DM each person and say, hey, here's my new post. Here's yeah. my new post. Here's my new. And I've I've been victim of that. And th- th- there's no conversation. They're just spamming you with a link. And basically, it's like tagging you. It's just done behind the scenes so that other people can't see it. So arguably, that's even worse because you're just using people to say, "Look at my stuff, comment on my stuff." And I, I try not to respond to that unless there's an ongoing conversation. Um, so just be aware that you might be used in that way, right. and 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 don't don't kind of feed back that cycle of, of just allowing yourself to be used that way if, if it starts to happen.
0: It's funny is every now and then, and and it's almost the exact phrase all the time, I'll have people say, Hank, you're all up in my LinkedIn feed, meaning I post a lot and and they're seeing it because, you know, other people are probably engaging with it. So most some some people I reply back, well, that's great, but I don't see you all up in my engagement. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're not liking it. They're not commenting. So I call them out on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. But you've got to bear in mind the way that social communities work is like 1% are going to be creators about 10% are going to be contributors the people who like and comment and share the other approximately 90% are going to be those who just observe silently and don't do anything yeah. so they'll already they'll know your name they might be watching your stuff for two years but you 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 would never know unless they actually deep bloke right. and say i love your stuff don't stop this <laughs> and that, that's a lot of the frustration that people have is they think oh, my, i'm putting out my content and i got like five comments and what's the point yeah but maybe 500 people saw it right. and, and, and and maybe though yeah. maybe that person who saw it who never comments maybe their cousin needs your service
0: you know there's a whole nother episode john i'm a firm believer of like being a brand ambassador and getting content out there but there's so many marketers that say they need to measure every single little thing like you go and speak at a conference right you might have three people that come up to you afterwards and tell you how great your session was two people buy your book and uh, then you post a follow-up on linkedin and you get 20 likes you know five uh comments etc and then three people sign up for whatever you're selling there's residual value for all of that stuff that you just did there—the post, the talk, the video, everything. There's there's so much residual value, and I don't think there's enough weight or value placed on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't be chosen unless you're sh- unless you show up. So so keep showing up. Be consistent. Be have, be really clear about what your brand stands for. And those people who are lurking, some of those will turn into customers somewhere down the line. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah. And there's clients that I connect with on LinkedIn and then they stop becoming clients. And three years later they comment on a post and all of a sudden I'm getting something, you know, in my DMS from them saying, Hey, I want to have a conversation about using your product again. Mm -hmm. I I love when that happens because they're being reminded of me. Like you said there, they see me, but they might not be engaging with me.
1: Yeah. You know, be too good
0: to ignore. Basically you keep showing up and and eventually you'll, you'll get them. So Yes or no, um, links in the copy or in the first uh, comment? Well, the algorithm changed on that uh, in May,
1: 2020 as well. So actually links direct in the body is fine now, or or at least it is for the time being. It used to be the case that if you did that, you'd, you'd get massive dent on your reach. Um, but I did an experiment on that as well when the things changed, which was about May June last year, and I found that there was a there was there was a massive increase in my views when I was putting links into the body of the post. The whole thing with putting links into the comments on one point on one hand you do avoid any kind of algorithmic penalty if you do that. On the other hand, because the comments are sorted algorithmically. In other words, when I look at the set of comments, the order I see those comments in will not be the same as the order you see them if you look at them. So, right. so if you say link in the first comment, well, it might not be. It might be the seventh comment or the 23rd comment, and then it gets buried, and then you can't find it, and what's the point of putting it in there in the first place? So that methodology works only if the post is very quiet. You know, there's not much engagement going on, or unless you do the extra hard effort of wait until the post becomes busy and then move the link from the comments back into the body. That's like extra admin work every time and I can't right. be bothered with that. So link straight into the post is fine. The the other way of doing it, which is the very best way, although it's a bit more effort, is you post the comment you sorry, you post the content without any links, publish, wait a few seconds, edit the post and put the link in and save because what linkedin does which is pretty stupid is it treats the post as the way it was at the moment it was published and it makes its judgment calls based on that so if you then edit the post and change it it's not revising its view of the truth so it's a way of kind of cheating and getting around the system but because links, yeah, because links aren't really penalized the way they used to be, you can just put it straight in the in the post and then you get the preview image and, you know, all of that good stuff.
0: So much great information here and I'm just cringing about how much I have to put into the show notes here because I have to go back, re-listen to this and type it up because I'm paying attention to you because I'm learning here, right? I'm not, I'm not taking notes on the fly. This is great stuff. Uh, here's one that I've always struggled with and, and I'd love to see if we can get a definitive answer because you're a content expert as well. Um, I post... Content either on my blog or LinkedIn. Can I take that content, edit it a little bit, and then post it on the other channel? In other words, if I have it on my blog, can I slightly change that and put it on LinkedIn? My thoughts, and I want you to either uh, debunk it or not, like Mythbusters, is that LinkedIn's a walled garden. It's not really 100% searchable like Google is. I don't think Google's going to ding me for SEO for duplicate content, but I'm going to leave it to you because you're the expert.
1: Yeah, duplicate content myth. Uh, you, you don't really need to worry about that. Google is much, much smarter than it was five years ago. So, uh, yeah, I've got a chapter on this in Content DNA, actually, called Repurpose and Republish. And what what I recommend for for let's say for blog posts is that you post on your own property first. So that's your website. Uh, then you use Google Search Console, which is a free tool from Google that is associated with your website. It's kind of like analytics, but a lot uh, simpler. And you use that to submit that new URL that you've created, the new page that you've put into the world, and send it to Google and say, index this page. Once that page is indexed, uh, which normally happens within a few days, but if you do it manually, you can get it done in a few hours. Once that page goes into the Google index, then you can then republish it somewhere else without any chance of a duplicate content penalty because Google knows this is the original source of this information it scanned the page so if you post it anywhere else you're safe and so what i also recommend you do is tweak the headlines slightly because then you get an extra ticket in the seo lottery so so just <laughs> small, small changes in the way the keywords are set up or the order of the words means that if someone is searching for the first one they'll find your blog if they're searching for the second one they'll find your linkedin article Uh, and then finally you you end the linkedin article by saying this article first appeared on hank hoffmeyer's blog at and then you include the original link which is an extra signal to google that yet this isn't really original content it comes from somewhere else and it's an extra signal to the reader that ah, if I want this kind of good stuff next time, maybe I go straight there instead of waiting here. Right. So, so, so yes, absolutely you can. And the duplicate content myth is uh, nothing to worry about.
0: I think I have a show title. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, and that, that, that talks to everything we discussed in in episode one and two of, or session one and two of uh, this show. Um, I have so many other things I can ask you, but I want to give you time for some quick tips or or, uh, bits of information that can help the folks listening to the show today.
1: Well, I I think that the, the, the big value in LinkedIn is to think of it like it's the digital golf course. You know, the old way of doing things is that you couldn't do business unless you went for a round of golf with someone. It's kind of very stereotyped, but LinkedIn is the new business platform and conversations turn into customers. Right. So if you can get people talking, as I said in episode one, but especially in the direct messages that it's such a good platform for starting conversations. So you can do voice notes there, which I'm really getting into now. Um, So you can on the LinkedIn mobile app, you can tap and hold the microphone symbol that's to the right of the text field and you can record up to 60 seconds of audio that gets sent to the other person. Both of you can play the audio back. You can play it back on desktop. Uh, you can stack as many of those as you want. So there's an arbitrary length of message you can send and they're protected. You can't save those out. You can't forward them to other people. You can't automate them, which is great. So if I send you Hank a voice note, I can't send that same voice note to anyone else unless we're all in a group, me- group-, group chat together. I, so, I, so I can't cheat at scale. I can't just send you a sales pitch and then send the, the other 10,000 people the same sales pitch. I'd have to record it multiple times. So that's fantastic. You send video messages. All of these things are ways of getting closer to your customer and, and eventually converting them for business. So try to talk to people through direct messages as much as possible. It's not, it's not really a LinkedIn hack or anything. It's just, right. it's just conversational marketing. And that's how I actually get all of my business. I don't... Do any outbound, and I don't do
0: any ads at all. Nice. And it sounds like you're doing all the right things. I use an app called Bonjoro. From people sign up for no, my newsletter great. via text, it's and it's a video yeah. that you send back to them. Hey, yeah. thank you for signing up for my newsletter. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. blah. Yeah. I need. So what I learned is there's so much I I knew about a lot of things, and I knew about many of the things you discussed. But I need to go back and and start doing some things more changing some of my content and John, what I want from you is in a couple of weeks, make sure you hold me accountable, you know, LinkedIn to shoot me a quick note to say, Hank, you said you were gonna change some things. Did you do it? Cause I feel like that's the problem with so many people is they say they're gonna do something and then they don't do it. And if somebody holds you accountable, it's gonna be hard to say, I didn't do that. I'm gonna have more of a chance to make those changes to my profile and maybe start using video and, and audio notes. But then again, if you call me out in two weeks and say, I didn't do it, there's that second chance that I'm going to do it again. And folks, I'm doing that for a reason too. And I know John's like, oh my God, work for me, right? I have to reach out. That's okay. I'm takes.
1: setting a reminder right now. So <laughs> I'm going to beat you up in two weeks if you haven't done it.
0: But also folks, that's my reminder to you is if you've gotten value out of the two sessions that we've had with John today, and you say, Hey, these are things I want to do or need to do as well. Make sure you find an accountability partner. And if you want John or I to be that, as long as it's not like a hundred people, I think we can do that. And, and catch John's tip. If you're going to connect with him, make sure you go and listen to the previous episode. If you have not, there's a magic word somewhere on John's LinkedIn profile. You have to listen to the first episode with John to find out where to find that. You can connect with him and just say, I was on Hank's uh, listening to Hank's podcast, and he said that you might be my accountability partner. He'd be happy. Or reach out to me. Same thing, personalized note. Uh, I'll probably end up having a conversation with you and then connecting with you on LinkedIn. I'll hold you accountable. Otherwise, your wife, spouse, friend, loved one, business partner, CEO, whoever it is, just say, hey, I heard I need to update my About Me page from Hank's Marketing and Business Podcast. I need to do that. Can you check with me in two weeks to make sure I did that? Make sure you get all this done because I feel like this will help you have a successful 2021 when it comes to networking and social selling or whatever it is you use LinkedIn for, I know, John, you inspired me to do more and be better on LinkedIn, but hopefully the audience got value. I think so. Uh, We probably can make another couple episodes, but I want to make sure that we are uh, valuing people's time and keeping these episodes short. I appreciate you being on the show today. It's awesome. If folks wanted to connect with you or learn more about you, and more importantly, grab a copy of your book, how can you do that?
1: Yeah, well, I've got a really unusual surname. So, so long as you spell it correctly, it's Espirian. And I'm sure that's going to be in the show notes. Then you can find me on my website, which is espirian.co.uk. And you can find me on LinkedIn, which is my principal social media platform. Yeah, the book is Content DNA. I've also got a LinkedIn course, which is full of all of the tips that I've shared with you and a lot more. Um, so, so you can find out more about that through my website. And uh, yeah, happy to connect and have a chat.
0: Awesome. Until next week, folks have somebody hold you accountable to what you need to do on LinkedIn. If you want to hear previous episodes, go to hankhoffmeyer.com slash Alexa on Spotify, Google, iTunes, Amazon Alexa, and more importantly, YouTube. Make sure to check those out and find whatever medium works best for you. And until next time, folks, make sure you get some stuff done.